you slept in. Hey, we're not judging. Sometimes you just need to get those Z's. And if you need to snooze, we'd much rather you did it in your warm, comfortable bed than in our pews. You can always catch up with the sermon later right here on this Sunday Morning Sleep-In podcast. Now you're still going to miss out on things we think are pretty important. You're going to miss out on intergenerational community, inspiring music. Uh, you're going to miss out on the kids throwing us off our game during Children's Moment. Always a good time. And of course, coffee and cookies after the service. But we will give you what we can. I'm Susan Foster. And I'm Chris Marshall. And we're United Methodist Pastors from Reno, Nevada. We're not theological experts or homiletical harbingers of a fantastic new age. We're your average pastors helping our congregations think through life's big questions every week. We started this podcast, so if you are away from home or working or coaching your kid's soccer team, or maybe just sleeping in and can't join us in church on a Sunday, you can still keep up with some of the ideas floating around the church during the week. Every episode is a conversational version of a sermon we gave on a Sunday morning. So whatever day it is when you're listening to this, snuggle in and and receive this with an open mind and an open heart. And a quick note, we do invite you to keep an open mind. We invite you to think your own thoughts as you listen. We don't expect everybody to agree with everything that we say. And our sincere hope is that you will experience the mysterious loving force in the world we know as God moving in your life as you consider this. So Susan, what is our R this week? Our R this week is one that's a little harder to to fit into this whole little broken pattern I've been talking about. Okay. It's resources. All right. Resources. Resources, uh, resources are a place that we get comfortable. Mm-hmm. We get comfortable with how we're managing all the resources in our lives, even when there's a, a sharp edge to how we're doing that, that causes us anxiety or stress. And even when we're not fully thinking about all the resources, um, we can get comfortable with how we're handling the ones that we've got or the ones that we think we've got. Yeah. The one that we think we got. We slip into this normal, right? This is just how it is. And Mm -hmm. we don't look closely at it because what happens when we look closely at things? We might have to change. We might have to change something. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. How we see and understand what we are to do with the resources of our lives gets caught up in self-interest and the focus on what we don't have versus what we do have. Mm-hmm. And also, um, in line with the scripture this is based on, we also get caught up in keeping and storing. The scripture for this sermon is the rich fool. The rich the parable fool. of the rich fool. I love that one. Uh it's such a funny thing because like when you first read it, you're like, oh yeah, that makes sense. Let's build bigger barns. But the way he's going to build bigger barns is to tear down the ones he has. Yeah. Where does he store his stuff? In the meantime. In the meantime. Yeah, that's pretty foolish. And then, of course, the foolishness is, is that he's called to account for his life that night. Mm-hmm. And he never gets to fill up that big old barn. Doesn't get to fill up the big old barn and doesn't get to use any of the resources. Yeah. So my favorite illustration of the rich fool is to talk about storage units in America. I don't know these stats. I am afraid of these stats a little bit. Okay, so this comes with the caveat that I have at various points in my life had a storage unit. I'm not completely anti-storage unit. Just recently, really. Just recently, I actually had two. Yeah, it helps with moving and And filing and purging and all that. But here are the statistics. Okay. There are more storage unit sites Mm -hmm. In the United States, than there are McDonald's and Starbucks combined. Ooh, that's bad. <laughs> that's really bad. 
And as of... Like units or like groups of units? Groups of units. Okay. That's a lot. I was hoping it was units. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. There is seven square feet of storage for every man, woman, and child in the United States. This is, yes, seven square feet of storage outside of their homes and offices. No, just in, offices and... just as an off-site storage units. Oh, wow. Okay. Over 60% of people who have a storage unit also have a garage. Oh, okay. Right? So it's not just like people who don't have a garage. Yeah, this is people right. who have more stuff right. than will fit into a garage. Right. So thinking about that, the other thing you know, you know something's arrived when there's a reality television show about it. Oh, yeah. The the storage wars shows. Storage wars. And when I watch those, my question is always, how does it get to a point where you don't just empty the unit when you can't pay for it? Right. Or how does it get to the point that you're storing something really, really valuable and you forget that you have a storage unit? You forget that you even own it. What are those stories, right? How is it that in some ways our stuff begins to own us? Yeah. Well, and we figured out like the cost of a storage unit. Because when I was moving back and forth to college and Mm -hmm. home and everything else, we had a storage unit where I'd shove all my stuff during the summer. Mm -hmm. It got to the point where my parents just kept it and started storing their, little by little, started storing their Their stuff stuff. (laughs) in it. And we discovered that it, it cost more to store all of that stuff in the unit than the value of the stuff that was in the unit. And so it's kind of one of those things where we're like, yeah, let's just get rid of it. Well, in seminary, our friend Carolyn and I Uh had a storage unit together in a pretty sketchy part of Alameda. Because that's where the cheap places are. It was so cheap, right? Like it was like $27 a month or something. Great. But we gave it up about, I don't know, 18 months into my seminary career. So like two and a half years into Carolyn's, right? And I realized that what I was storing there was like some furniture that I had gotten from an estate sale and that that I had already just, even in that cheap, really cheap storage unit, I had already spent like three times as much as I had paid for the furniture to store To store the furniture, yeah. Anyway, I found a very nice home for it. Good. Stop paying, paying them. Ridiculous amounts of money for it. (laughs) Yeah. You know, thinking about our resources and and how we let we let these things, you know, that we 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 store things we never that we don't use. Also, I was reminded last week of the story of a friend's daughter's friend in school that school was about to go on a camping trip and the family was in the middle of a renovation of their uh-huh. house and, and they so, couldn't like, find their camping gear. They knew where the sleeping bag was. It was in the storage unit in Marin County instead of in San Francisco. Oh, no. So instead of taking the time to go to Marin and get the storage, they just bought a new sleeping bag. They just bought a new sleeping bag. Yeah, and I think that's actually what we end cheaper. up doing. That's what we end up doing, right? Yeah. Like we end up saying, "Well, I love this thing, but I can't find it." What is the point of storing up resources? You know, our rich fool in the parable sees the abundance of his field uh, and grasps really, really tightly to it. Yeah. He says, this is mine. This is all mine. All mine. Uh, You know, and there's some sense of, because I can't trust that there will ever be enough. There will always be, yeah. I have to hold on to everything. I would like to see the economic breakdown of like, if he had just given 10% of it away. Right. It would have fit into his barn versus like the cost of building a new, like right. that, mm-hmm. that breakdown would be really interesting to me. Right. Yeah. I mean, where, where would that break point be? Did he actually do the cost benefit analysis? 
that <laughs> that I know that my you know the people I've worked for would have done. Yeah, exactly. Right? Like, is it worth it? Like, I think if I worked in the hotel industry in the year two thousand, which was like like there will never be a year like that in the hospitality again in my lifetime. Right? Like, why? Why was two thousand? Occupancy so rates were so great. And oh, okay. Like people were tra- like the economy people, all around the world the, was the economy amazing. Was good. People were traveling. So like it wasn't just American tourists; it was Australians and from Asia. Anyway, people from everywhere. People from everywhere, right? You know, you might think, oh, it's so amazing. I need to boil more hotel rooms. Yeah. But then 2006 came along and 2007 well, and 2008. 2001. Oh, yeah. The tech bubble burst in 2001. Tech- and 9-11 and like all these things. So it's just, it's fascinating, yeah. you know, to think about it in those kinds of terms. And it, this is one of those parables where it seems like a smart thing, right? Like I'm not discouraging any of us from reti- saving for retirement. Right. Or being careful with the resources we're given mm-hmm. at all. We're talking about money. We have to be careful that we're not deciding that that we're the only ones who can decide what can happen to that money. Right. Or that um, we're not generous in ways that God is calling us to. Mm-hmm. And it comes boils down to that line, you know, that we say that we quip all the time. You can't take it with you. You can't take it with you. That's what the rich fool learns. I was talking to a friend the other day and I told her that I hoard good intentions. Ooh. So I have all these unfinished projects, projects. around my house that I've had for. Right. But we finished we finished, we finished one the other day. We finished a few of them. We finished a few of them. We knock a, I knock a few out at a time and start a few more all right. the time. I, yeah. Um, what, what do I have for so the like craft the, room of those? The photo right? frames that I that I mm-hmm. refinished mm-hmm. last year. Mm-hmm. Or I guess it was last year at this point. Yeah. Um, or earlier this year. I have been carrying those around since college. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, that's right. a number of years for me. You know, yeah. like, uh, wh- why? Well, I could just go out and get new frames and they would be something that I might like more. And right. But no, no, I found this deal. I bought all these photo frames and I've been hauling them around with me for 10 plus years. Well, and I find that because I'm unpacking my stuff, mm-hmm. I'm also unpacking some of my parents' things. Oh, yeah. That I am less likely to keep those things because of the time sink investment, right? Right. Do I really like this anymore? Like I unpacked a box. You can actually see it. It's over there in the corner. Yes, we're, we're at Susan's house today. We we're, are surrounded by boxes of things that she's still figuring out what to do with after her big move last year and after right. her parents' big move. Yeah. And, and But I was like, you know, I don't need this. And I like I like two or three things out of that box ended up in the box that's leaving for the yeah. permanent sale. And I did pause in the middle of the sermon and say, if any of this is making you feel like you need to go do some spring cleaning... The yard sale. The, is the, the rummage up. sale is coming up in June. Yeah, don't forget. And it was so funny is that like several people told me, "Oh, you should have pl- plugged you the take bar- yard sale." And I'm like, "I did." Other people's junk home with you, right? I'm like, and then invite. For, you know, <laughs> one of my one of my folks came up to me and says, "I have a friend who has all these storage units, but, but she's one of the best buyers at our rummage sale." I was like, "Don't tell her about this." Yeah. Like, let's, let's not enable this. So I've been moving boxes, and they've grown. They multiply in the basement. Oh, they totally right? do. And so when I lived in an apartment in Fresno, I had a couple of boxes in the garage. And then when I moved to Santa Rosa, I had a few boxes shoved in the back of the closet. And then when I moved to Reno, all of a sudden I've got like 12 or 13 boxes in the basement. And so my goal last year, which didn't come to pass, but it will come back to pass this summer. And my goal was once a week to take one box and sort through one box. I'd be done in a season. I've been done in three months. One box a week. Right. You can do it while you're watching TV on a Saturday morning. One box a week. And I did three or four boxes, mm-hmm. which is more than I would have done if I hadn't set the goal. Right? Exactly. Seriously. I did three or four boxes. And in three or four boxes, I think I kept 
enough to fill a shoebox. Mm-hmm. And these were like medium-sized moving yeah, boxes. Moving boxes, yeah. I did find my diplomas, which was important. Right. Those were important things. I found a card that my grandmother had sent me when I was four or five years old. Aww. Which is very cool. I have a whole box of those. She was, yeah, she was on uh, <laughs> vacation and she couldn't make it for my birthday. So Aww. she sent me a card from Germany or something. Nice. Which is kind of cool. So, you know, there's a few precious things in there. Only a few. Yeah. And everything else was like, hey, do I still need my first grade spelling test? Probably not. Yeah. Um, do I still need this notebook of international treaties from my class in college? Probably not. not. You know, what do you keep? What do you get rid of? Right. I think I've got it down to one one file box of papers from classes that Ooh. I really liked. And I have to tell you that the only reason that is, is that I had termites in the previous parsonage. Oh, so the termites ate all the other ones. Yeah. yeah. Like it made it a whole lot easier to get rid of like a bunch of paper because I was like, oh, I guess, guess that's gross. Through that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And the thing is, is that resources are only valuable by what they produce. Right. right? Money is only valuable by what it produces. It's a tool. It's a tool. And the thing in the parable of the rich fool is that he basically stores everything. He stores money as if it is the commodity itself rather than the thing that you use. He's storing something that's going to rot. It's not going to keep forever. Our resources are like that. You know, while the examples we give are money, that's not the only resource we can hoard. That we hoard. Yeah. Time. Right? And I love, I love your good intentions. I like yeah. that. Time and personal energy. Oh, yeah. But when I was preaching on Sunday, I looked out and I went, oh, yeah, there's some folks in this room who really understand personal energy. If they're not careful... They can overextend. They can overextend. Mm-hmm. They also, I think, have realized that if they don't do something, they, it kind of atrophies too. Yeah, right? exactly. Talent, abilities, skills, health, which brings us to the way we talk about it in the United Methodist Church. Yes. The prayers, presence. Gifts, service, gifts, and witness. Gifts, service, and witness. Think about that those are also ways we're talking about resources. And so those are our membership vows our for, membership for vows. the non-Methodist geeks out there. Right. When you join a Methodist church, we say, you think Jesus has something to tell you about life? That's the first question. Right. And the second question is, will you support this congregation with your Prayers. prayer, with right. your presences and showing up? Mm-hmm. Your gifts, which is money, resources, time, time all that stuff. Service. Presence, gifts, service, serving the community and witness, being who you are out loud in public and not being ashamed of why you do the things you do. Yeah. So like if you're doing something because you think Jesus has compassion for the poor and you want to have compassion for the poor, when somebody asks you why you're doing something, it's you not say, because it makes me feel good. Right. <laughs> it's because Jesus has compassion for the poor and so do I. Right. That's it. That's all it is. And so those those are the only questions we ask when people join. We don't ask for your W-2. No. We don't ask. Um, we, and you don't you, have to agree you, completely with everything that's printed in if the you, Bible, Book of Discipline, or hymnal. There's a lot of flexibility. It's really about the method of will you show up? Will you pray with us? Will mm-hmm. you serve with us? Um, and will you help us to be God's love in the world? And that's it. And all of those things are things are, you can hoard. <laughs> are things you can hoard, right? Keep quiet about, or I mean, like there's just or be stingy with, or, or be stingy with, right? Or be generous with, or be generous with. We can choose to live complaining about what we don't have, mm-hmm. or we can have enough, or we can focus on what we do have, what God is doing with us. I think we spend a lot of time sometimes in the church looking at what other churches are doing. Oh, we're not them and we're not them, right? Without saying, oh my gosh, look look what God is doing with us. Yeah. What else would God want to do if we just shut up and got out of the way and right. stopped hoarding what we think we need to yeah. keep tied up and living out of that abundance? All these R's, I've been like, oh yeah, here, here's what we should be doing. And, and we're still like, working on it. We're still working on it, right? It's, it's a lot easier to say than it is to do, right? Of course. 
that's where that image of what God is creating comes back in. Because it's when we get out of God's way, when we allow God to use our stuff. God to use our stuff. Our broken stuff and our good stuff. stuff and and our... all the stuff in between. And to realize that God is working on that, walking with us, meeting us where we are, hemming us in, keeping us on the track, meeting us when we fall way, way away. Mm-hmm. You know, when we sit in our stuff going, what do I do with all this stuff? I love, I love all this stuff. So there's been all these things recently about how do you clean your house? How do you purge your house? How do you declutter your house? Mm -hmm. And uh, I think we'd be remiss if we didn't mention that. But um, all the stuff that keep, you know, everything in your home should give you joy. Barf. Barf. Not everything brings me joy. But, you know, some things I need. I do need a toilet brush, even though it doesn't really give me joy. It doesn't give me joy. But uh, what are the things that you found? What are the questions that you found for whether or not it's okay or wise to hold on to something? Well, usefulness. Usefulness. So, right. so if it still has a purpose, uh, one of the questions I've heard is, have you used it in the last year? You know, sometimes you just keep something because it's beautiful. Mm-hmm. Right? That's its function. Like, and that's okay. And that's okay. A family tea set. The silver kind. The kind that I haven't used ever because uh, I just inherited. I have used. I borrowed somebody else's one time. And I keep it because it's just beautiful. It's beautiful. And it's you could use beautiful. it again in the future. I may use it again. I may never have another tea party, but I, I can pull it out and I go, oh, wow. That's gorgeous. Beautiful and it feeds my soul in some weird way, right? Yeah. I think one of the most beautiful things in your home, for me, is both beauty and function. It's all of your bookshelves. Oh, uh-huh. uh-huh. Um, Susan has literally a wall of books, and they're old books. They're, you know, like first edition Nancy Drews and kind of cool stuff like that. And, you know, they're well-loved, well-used right. books. They're yeah, not, I, don't, I don't buy perfection. I, not, I, I, yeah. buy, I buy what I don't have. They're not going to win you a ton of money on the, on the market or anything. No. But, but they are... Just this colorful cacophony of stories, and mm-hmm. I just adore them. Yeah, um, because they are they're beautiful. And you've to look unpacked at, them several times for me. I've unpacked them, repacked them, unpacked them, repacked them, organized them <laughs> to some extent, um, many times. And uh, but they're also the kind of thing that you can go and pull one off the bookshelf and get lost for a few hours. And exactly, so exactly. it's not just sort of a decoration; mm-hmm. it's also you yeah. know the stories that have yeah. shaped you and that you hold on to. And the things that remind us of someone else, I think, are also very valuable. I, I burn most of the things that remind me of other people. <laughs> I don't mean those people. <laughs> But like I, I had the thought this morning, oh, I really should do something with those pans because I have my, my grandmother's aluminum saucepans, the oh, ones yeah. she cooked for many, many years on. Uh-huh. I'm not ready to get rid of them yet. Like, right. I, there's no way to display them because they don't have like an easy way to hang or whatever. And there's not, I haven't figured out a craft project for them yet. She was a feeder. So like, I can't tell you how many meals I ate out of those pans, right? right. That she had cut. She would gather people around and. Oh, if you showed up to her house, you were not leaving without food. Because like she would say, I could snap you like a chicken. No. She would if you're a vegetarian, that. she makes lamb. <laughs> no, no, no. She, she was not Greek. She was not um, Greek. And, um, she was a feeder. But part of it is is also being attentive to mm-hmm. saying, I'm not quite ready to do something different with that. Right. That that's fine where it is. But to and not knowing do that it that blindly. might change in the future. And to not do that blindly. Yeah. Right? Like, to do that is a part of that whole thing. And and recognize that even as you give stuff away, even if you decided this is not useful to me anymore, this is something mm-hmm. that somebody else can get some use out right. of, all of that, like, there's still a little bit of grief in that. Uh-huh. Yeah. Because you're giving up something that was important to you or that, you know, you had dreams around right. or whatever. Like, so it's just as hard to, to get yeah. rid of things. But that doesn't mean you don't need to do it. Right. One of the things that... I'm not saying that about Susan's grandmother's pans, by the way. Just things in general. In general, right. Because I'm not sure. I realize that that made me sound a bit like a jerk. And I am a jerk, but not about this. (laughs) 
I'm just so, saying, even if I find, you know, something that could be useful to a college student who's uh-huh. just starting out and can't afford to buy Whatever. all the things they need for the kitchen, and it's something that came from somewhere that meant something to me, right. but I have never used it, and I will never use it, and they will use it, getting rid of that means that I'm maybe not going to make tapas <laughs> the way I thought I was going to make tapas every week, and that's okay. <laughs> maybe they will make tapas. Are you sure tapas. we can't start a tapas tradition? They can make scrambled eggs. It'll be great. <laughs> <laughs> I think we should start tapas tradition, but anyway. Uh, I can make some Spanish tortilla, and that's it. <laughs> In the scripture about the ritual, the way the story is told, Jesus does something he doesn't usually do with parables. He gets scoldy. Well, he like he gets scoldy, but he gets like explanatory before he even tells the story. Yeah. And so he says, watch out. Be on guard against all kinds of greed. Life does not consist in an abundance of possessions. That's true. And I think that that's an important thing to remember. And to remember that possessions aren't just the stuff that we can put in a storage unit. Right. But that it's the stuff of life. It's the time. It's the energy. It's the love. It's the compassion. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the intention. It's your stories. It's your stories. Sharing and, your stories. And how you put that out into the world, how you share that with the world is really, really important. And Jesus does not want us to keep those quiet. Yeah. And does not want us to keep those so tightly held that we are bound. Right. And and that we are invited to be foolish in different ways than the rich fool. I remember how painful it was for particularly some older folks to tell their kids, grandkids, great grandkids about their painful stories. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They didn't want to put that burden, that burden on somebody else. Mm-hmm. At the same time, it informed everything they did. Yeah. And so to not mention it ever mm-hmm. was like stealing. It yeah. was like telling their kids and grandkids and great grandkids, you will never know me fully mm-hmm. and you will never understand fully. Mm-hmm. Um, instead of saying, here's something that happened to me and yeah. you don't need to take it on as a burden to you. Right. But um, it will inform who you are. I remember this is a good, must be, it could be close to 20 years ago now that I heard this story from a, from a mother whose daughter finally came out to her. Mm-hmm. And the, the mother was like, all of a sudden, I finally knew my child. Yeah. And it wasn't that she had to know every story, but to be able to, to say there's the barriers are gone. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. Anyway, that's what we uh, that's what we talked about on Sunday. And people told me, people told me all sorts of stories about their storage units. Oh, I'm sure. And uh, a couple of people on the way out, they're like, oh, I'm going to go clean out my storage unit now. Yeah, well, (laughs) you just need a little push. You just need a little push. Yeah. Well, thank you, Susan. And thanks to you for listening to the Sunday Morning Sleep In podcast. If you have questions for us or storage-related stories, like the ones that we've been discussing today, shoot us an email. We are sundaymorningsleepin at gmail.com. You can find us on sundaymorningsleepin.com, on Facebook, iTunes, Google Play Music, Stitcher, all the places, SoundCloud, um, and catch up with our whole archive of backstory something like 30 something episodes now posted online for you the scripture susan discussed is luke 12 13 to 21 the story of the rich fool and the music that you're hearing is take me higher by jazzer what happens at the end of worship is that we go forth with a blessing a benediction a sending forth and my sending forth is to go learn go go look at those resources you have figure out what you're hoarding figure out where the the cracks are and how you're holding things of value that god has given you the money but also the time and the the people and the, the connections. Figure out where God is moving you and go with God. Amen. Amen.